Welcome to the Geek to Geek Podcast, where BJ is back. I'm Void, and I'm, I'm here with my co-host, Beej. I'm Beej. I'm here. I'm Beej. I'm back. You, you love are. me. I'm Beej. I'm your best friend. <laughs> is yelling good for your job? We'll find out. Uh, probably today, not. No. Probably not. Today might be a little shorter. Uh, today, we're easing back into it because we don't want to overstress BJ's jaw. But we're talking about you, and you're back. And Yay! I also listed um, out everything I covered while I was solo because I want to talk about some of it with you. So we'll see where this episode takes us. But you're back. Hi. I am. Hi. It's really neat. I uh, haven't podcast or done anything. Uh, basically, all I've done that is involved talking like in extended periods of time have been a couple of D&D games that I've uh, done every week. So it's it's interesting and good to be back. I need to try to start doing something, uh, see what the schedule is going to be to be able to keep from hurting myself. Yes, it, uh, it stinks. No, we will figure it out. But I'm glad that you're here and that we're recording again. This is good. It is. And I've had a couple of people before we even go further, uh, a couple of people ask me on Discord uh, what actually is wrong with my jaw. And so uh, I figure I'll just do it here so everyone listening can uh, hear it all at once. Um, the sacks in my there are there are fluid sacks that lubricate your uh, your jaw and those inflame for me and they swell up and they make my jaw pop all the time really painfully and then they when they uh, swell up and inflame they push my jaw out of line and about the only thing that the surgeon told me that could that really fixed that was ibuprofen uh, warm compresses and not talking so uh it started acting up again whenever i started clenching my jaw through december when my father-in-law was sick and passed away and so it's just kind of uh been a thing again since since then so uh apparently i have jaw sacks that make my teeth not line up so it's not good but no. you're back i'm glad that resting helped a little bit it seemed to it kind of reset you it did it, it helped me get to where i know like if nothing else it's helped me realize like maybe it's not a uh to do something for hours on end every week it's something i actually need to pace a little bit which is one of those things that when you're getting old it's like oh man my body's breaking and I'm like, I'm old now. And it's like, I can't talk. And that's kind of what I do. Yeah. I love how when you're in your, I don't actually love this, but when you're in your like teens and twenties and something breaks or hurts or aches, the doctor's like, Oh, let's do everything. Let's give you a new foot. Let's give you a, whatever you need. Um, it's not to that extreme, but you guys know what I mean, right? Like they do stuff <laughs> to try to fix you. And then yeah. there's, there's this change that happens. I know not all of you that listen are in your thirties or beyond, but BJ and I both are after you hit your thirties, um, they're like, oh, yeah, your foot just sucks now. And you're like, yep. OK, what do I do? They're like, no, that's yeah. Like stretch it. You're like, well, for how long? You go, no, forever. Like stretch it every day. Like you just that's something you do now. And yep. it's definitely a change. <laughs> yep. I have a neck stretch that I do that my chiropractor gave me because one time I woke up and pulled a muscle from coughing in the middle of the night uh, just to let you know what being about 35 does to you. And I also have now this jaw thing. Uh, and the eye doctor told me that I shouldn't waste my time on LASIK because in about 10 years, uh, even with it, my eyes will go bad because of uh, uh, some sort of ocular degeneration that happens just with everyone when they hit about uh, 45 uh, to 50. So it's like, man, doctors don't like us anymore. Yeah, not anymore. And we're not even like super old. But hey, you hit your 30s and they treat you different. It's it's been an interesting ride. It is interesting. And usually, I mean, I'm not even mad about that kind of thing. It's just something that you notice. 
that as you're going through stuff like this, where the oral surgeon was like, yeah, you need to not talk so much now. And uh, because we don't want to do surgery on you, which I don't want, because it would uh, involve me wiring my mouth shut for about six to eight weeks. Oh, not fun. Hopefully you don't have to do Ooh, that. No, my mom yeah. did twice. That's why I'm scared of it uh, for the same issue. So that's why I uh, want to do everything I can not to not to really exacerbate it. Yeah, well, we won't stress it too much. Um, did you anything else that you want to give updates on? I wanted to give you that space first before we dive into other stuff. Um, let me think. Has there been anything going on? Well, okay. Uh, the other main... thing that I know that um, you and I will probably do a main topic on, but you've been doing a lot of work with D and D modules. Do you want to talk about that from like a high level, knowing that we'll come back and do a deep dive later? Um, so I'll, let me start at the beginning. Okay. Um, one of the things that, that like you and I talked about this really early on in the podcast was that I'd written novels and, uh, uh, done stuff like that. Like uh, writing, creative writing has always been a really, really, really big thing for me. And so, um, I haven't written a novel since like 2015, maybe. And uh, I really didn't like the community. Well, the community was fine, but it was more the meta community in marketing ebooks on Amazon and the different marketplaces. Uh, then I swapped jobs and I started writing for a living. And that is uh, just just not it's like when you work at KFC and you go home and it's like if I see another piece of chicken, I'm going to scream. It's it's like that, except if I have to sit at a computer for another few minutes, I'm going to scream. And uh, so I, I stopped writing. Uh, Austin got into D&D back in October uh, and we started like looking at it. And, you know, I talked about it a little bit before the end of the year on how much I was getting back into that. Well, that gave me this opportunity to start creative writing again. And so I've been kind of using those different muscles. And I made a Christmas adventure uh, that I included in the Patreon magazine uh, for everyone that is also on DMs Guild that went over absurdly well on DMs Guild. So I started working on a couple more things, and with the newest hardcover that came out a couple of weeks ago uh, called Candlekeep Mysteries, I had written uh, an adventure to go along with it called The Dragon Tower of Candlekeep, where I had read in this source book uh, that someone had written about a dragon's body that was being used as a research tower in the uh, in the, the library fortress. I don't even know what to call it, in the library of Candlekeep. And so I was like, I need to know more about that. So I looked it up and it didn't exist. So I decided I even contacted the author. It's like, yeah, that's all there is. I was like, there needs to be more than a paragraph about this. So I wrote it and uh, just put published it on DMs Guild a couple of weeks ago. And then actually today um, I put up a parody subclass called the uh, College of Emotion from uh which is for a bard subclass uh but it's an emo bard where everything in the book is basically a parody or a pun of some sort of emo lyric from uh when i was in uh, college basically and it was just a lot of fun so this is what i'm doing to kind of to do that cre get that creative uh, energy out where i haven't been able to do that a lot uh, in this way for years so dnd has really given me a, a way to to write creatively again without having to worry about marketing and writing and editing a full novel at a time yeah that's awesome so I do want to do a full topic on it because I have a bunch of questions and I feel like you yeah. have a lot of insights you can give. But for now, how do people find it if they want to go find your module? What's the easiest way? 
Um, the easiest way is going to uh, DMs Guild, dmsguild.com, dmsguild.com, and you can search for BJ Keaton. You can search for Claws for Concern. <laughs> um, one of them is called the Dragon Tower of Candlekeep, and then the other is uh, the College of Emotion, uh, emo being all capitalized. And you should be able to do that. I don't have a page that is specifically for that yet, uh, but if you go there and search for my name, you could do it, or um, bit.ly slash candlekeep, I think, may do okay. it. Cool. Or bit.ly slash dragon dash tower. That's it. Um, awesome. Just tweet um, me if you want it. It's there. We'll I'll put a link or two in the uh, in the show notes for this one for anybody listening who cares. Good. And we'll follow up with more because I have questions about how the whole process works. Um, yes. But outside of D&D, because I know that's kind of been your main thing while you've been away, yeah. what else have you been doing? Because from what I understand, you and I have still been texting. Like you haven't yeah. been doing a whole lot of gaming, like video games. No, and it's super weird, you know. I it was probably before it was before everything started with my father-in-law in December, but uh, I'd kind of fallen off of a lot of video games. And it makes me sad because obviously, you know, I love video games so much, but nothing could keep my attention. And so I keep trying different things and video games just did not do it. And I think that I've narrowed it down to realizing that I just don't want to be in front of a screen that much right now, that that's kind of draining for me. So I started doing a lot more tabletop stuff uh, because the D&D stuff made me excited. Even though I do it on the computer, it feels a little different because I've got my books and my dice off here to the side that I'm actually looking through most of the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm not using virtual tabletops like for anything right now. So it's like it still feels like a tabletop game, like I'm on the phone with somebody maybe. And so I've started playing a few board games with Jennifer and my nephew. Um, I bought one on Alenzia's suggestion called One Deck Dungeon, which is awesome. Um, we found that there was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, strategy game called Unmatched, uh, where they take different characters of different kinds and make it a turn-based strategy game is what it is you have cards you have different uh, places on the board that you can move back and forth it's great i absolutely love it and i can't wait to buy more of the of the little characters of like king arthur and the jabberwocky from and the mad hatter things like that uh like there's all sorts of them uh, we just bought the buffy one because we're huge fans um i got my nephew addicted to pandemic a couple of weeks ago Ooh, that's um, cool it's 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 hilarious because Jennifer and I have not played Pandemic since the pandemic started. It was just a little too on the nose for us. Yeah. But when my nephew found out it was a game, he would not stop talking about it. And he spent the night with us that night. And so like at 730 in the morning, he was like, can we play Pandemic now? And uh, so it was he loved it and went home and his mom bought it for him that night or the next day. Uh, so he he loves Pandemic. Um, you got me playing Fox in the Forest duet which is awesome, which is just something that Jennifer and I can sit together and do, which is a fantastic two-player game. And she got for Christmas, we still haven't played the Wonder Woman uh, board game that she got, but we set it up and then something happened to get in the in the way of it. And same for the Adventure Zone game that, uh, that I'd bought. Uh, I want to play it, but it's complicated and I don't have people to do it with yet. Um, but I would also like to tell you about the worst tabletop game I have ever played in my life. Okay. Um, 
So I can't remember. Uh, it's been a little while since we talked about it, but did you like uh, Legend of Korra or Avatar enough to finish any of it? No. Avatar Last no. Airbender? I've tried. I I think I just missed the timing um, for the age that I ran into it or the, the right mindset I was in. So I've tried both of them. I've watched parts of i probably watched about half of the first season of each one but i do okay. know a bunch of them because my daughter has watched all of it and i've talked to her about it because she geeks out okay. about it so if that's the case then you may know especially as your daughter's told you about it about the cabbage merchant who something will go wrong uh they will destroy his cabbage cart and he'll yell oh my cabbages yeah that uh, sounds every familiar. time i love it uh, so they made a board game called oh my cabbages okay and jennifer and i saw it pre-ordered it immediately because it's a game called oh my cabbages now this game was apparently not play tested uh i don't understand how it could have been play tested based on the rules or anything else about it because we get down and we start reading the rule book and it doesn't make sense it doesn't tell you what to do so then we get the quick start guide and we read it to see what it says. And there are things on that that contradict things in the rule book. Fine. Then we realize that there are pieces that are misprinted so that as you're in the middle of playing, it's like, this isn't what it is. Stuff's not labeled so that you know what it is. The rules just assume you know what it is. There are pieces that don't actually do anything in the game that are included in it. It starts referring to pieces that aren't labeled or anything like the cabbage token or something like that, that that you just can't find. And like the rules themselves constantly, like my favorite one, my favorite thing about this, and Jennifer and I were not having fun learning this until we realized that we're just going to play it like it says and then make up our own rules and see how ridiculous this gets. Okay. Let me, t let me tell you, at one point, we got, we drew a card and it said, roll the cabbage die to change the weather. <laughs> All right. And we both just sat there and we just laughed because we were like, now you can change the weather with a cabbage? What? And so we realized that part of this as being a bender was that you got to use your you got to use your like elemental powers to change at random what kind of weather was in places. And like it's terrible. Like it's it's bad like it didn't even come with anything to hold the stuff in it's just a cardboard box with all the things that you punch out just and cards just in a box it doesn't even have places for them it's awful and it was absolutely 100 percent pushed out the door as a branded product while avatar was uh really hot on netflix and everything with it coming back right now and in the rule book, it said, oh, to be able to see how this is played, go to ohmycabbages.com. Well, we did this. And at the time of release, ohmycabbages.com didn't exist. Oh, wow. Okay. They published it, released it without the site being made in the in the uh, instruction manual. And so it is up now. We did go back and recheck that. And if you watch the video, I want everyone watching this or listening to this to go to ohmycabbages.com and watch the video that the, that is the like playthrough to explain the game. It is, and this is an officially licensed Nickelodeon product of one of their most popular franchises and properties. It's two guys playing the game in one of their houses, which is fine, 
but you can see that the second guy, one guy who is like, there's a camera recording it, all of this. And then there's one dude's phone propped up in front of the camera that you can see to get a closer look at the board, but it's blocking what the board would look like. And they make it a smaller inset video to the side that you can't tell what's going on, but you can see the one in the big video better, but it's being blocked by the phone recording the one that you can't see. It is such a hot mess that I love it and hate it at the same time. That sounds it's, like a cash grab. It is a cash grab in it is one of the worst cash grabs I've ever seen, but I'm so glad that I bought it and experienced it on like day one. Like there were no how to plays. There were like there weren't reviews when we got it. Like nothing. So we got it and tried to play it and it was awful and it was so much fun for us to just just explore this wonderful world of oh my cabbages together and riley my 10 year old nephew opened up the rule book we were gonna see if he could make sense of it and he because he actually you know he plays board games and actually reads them and teaches his family how to do it like he's really really uh good and always has been about that about the rules of games and he looked at it like this contradicts itself and then closed it and put it back in the box. We're like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) And it was like, man, this is, it is just, it is garbage. But if you want and go, if you go into it, knowing that it is a ridiculously terrible game in every single way, you can roll the cabbage and change the weather. Wow. You know, that's worth 20 bucks. I'm glad that you made your own fun out of it. And it sounds like you've been doing a lot of it. (laughs) stuff with tabletop no video games at all or have you been doing a little bit barely like i've been playing of course my marvel strike force and star wars galaxy of heroes mobile games because i click some things in the morning while i'm drinking my coffee and eating my oatmeal um i recently tried the monster hunter rise demo it is um again not a game for me i don't believe as much as i want it to be i did kill a couple of monsters in monster hunter world uh figured out that the bow is a weapon that i do better with than anything else um still i don't think that it is uh, my kind of game and i'm still gonna die on the hill that it's an action game and not an rpg it does not feel like an rpg to me at all and i uh but i get that why it is an rpg but it really doesn't feel like it to me I just I want to like these games and I just can't. Um, and it makes me sad because I really want to be involved in that conversation and play it with everyone while they're loving it. Um, but I, when Overwatch was doing the Lunar Festival, I played a ton of the Capture the Flag Blitz that they have. It was uh, basically a an all overtime Capture the Flag game, and oh, it was cool. so much fun. Like it was everything was really close together. Like you didn't have to worry about like the travel between anything. Like it was so much fun. And the cues were for anything like it was under a minute every time. So if I wanted to get in, do something really quick and get out, I could. And so that was fun. And that is the most attention I've been able to put on a video game in six months. And I played a, a few hours of torchlight three with alinzia that was super fun cool um i 
do understand why people uh, like that kind of game. Uh, work came up when we were going to play Diablo 3 uh, to see if I would like it now, too. Um, so I need to get back to doing that. And uh, we had some Among Us nights uh, for game nights with uh, the geek to geek folks. And uh, that was super fun when we were getting together and doing that. Um, but yeah, that's about all the video games I've been doing. It's it's really weird. Like there were so many games I was looking forward to and that I've seen that look really cool. And I'm just like, okay, I don't I don't really want to sit down and do that right now. And I can't figure out why. Yeah, I, I mean, you've I, always kind of had ebbs and flows with gaming in general. But I yeah. mean, when you get into it, you get like into it. But you do have off periods, so you're probably just yeah. in one of those. But at least you have tabletop gaming to throw yourself into. Yeah, and it's something that I've never dived this deep into before where I like I mean I've I've played D&D and stuff for a while and I've you know last year I joined a board game group but it was never something that like was my primary hobby and I've really been enjoying it it being different from uh, being something different which I think I really needed after the year of uh, quarantine and everything so Cool. Um, I'm excited about that part, and it's letting me, like I said, it's letting me get creative energy out with writing. Um, so it's it's super cool. Ah, that's great. Um, so the other thing I wanted to do here, while we're still in kind of our main topic, I know this episode does not follow a normal structure, but that's okay. Um, I listed everything that I covered solo while you were away, and I said, pick a yep. couple of these. What do you want to know more about? So one of the secrets of the podcast, which I think I've mentioned before, but I'll mention here because it's relevant, is that... I listen to the episode about four times. Once is when I'm recording it. Once or twice is when I'm editing it. And then another final time when it actually comes out. So I listen three, four times every episode. BJ yep. listens zero times. Zero so, times. And this is zero. fine. BJ actively participates in the podcast. We talk about it all week together. We think through it together. You contribute to the show notes. Like this is how we work together. But you just don't listen to it at the end. And nope. um, so I assume you know nothing that I've talked about while you've been away. So I gave you a list uh, here. I've seen what you talk about. But I have not listened to it. Yeah. I go and look, and I'm like, oh, that's what he's doing this week. Oh, that's really cool. And then I don't I don't listen to it because I'm really terrible, and I know I'm such a hypocrite on this, that I love podcasting. I love the medium. I love the industry. I love going to podcast movement, the convention, but I don't listen to podcasts. I just don't. And it's not that I don't like them. It's just that I don't uh so it's it's super weird narrative podcasts have been able to get into a lot more lately uh like actual plays and things like that because they're a lot more like audiobooks but i just i don't listen to my podcasts yeah and austin's joked around with me before when i'll ask him a question on dragon quest fm he's like if you would listen to jrpgs and me you would know that because i had an entire episode on i'm like you know that's not gonna happen yeah that's that's not gonna happen at all so you want to know about Bowser's Fury, Destruction yes. All-Stars, and Loop Hero. Which one yes. which one do you want first here? Most specifically, I want to to know about Loop Hero. Okay. Because I heard so many people talking about it. I've heard a lot of people actually say they think I would like it. Um, you, I remember seeing, got really into it. And when I asked you about it, you said that you couldn't necessarily even really talk about it without actually like being on air talking about it like it was there was something to it so i really 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 want to know what's going on with it yeah okay i just pulled up my show notes from that episode in another window because i had this was hard to quantify um i tried right. to do it justice on my own i don't think i did but let me give you the pitch of this game it is 
not like any other game you've played, but it's kind of almost like a lot of other games that you are familiar with, okay? <laughs> so it is like a strategy building placement game, but it's also a game where like you are the terrain and you are the path and you create the enemies but you also equip your hero, but you aren't the hero directly. And it has light deck building elements and like meta narrative elements as a roguelike, but it's not really a roguelike because you always fail forward. It's kind of a deck builder. It's kind of a character leveling game. It's kind of a base building game. It's kind of a meta narrative roguelike game. It's also none of those things. Does that help? you know it doesn't okay um, i did no, so, it's so, so, such so. a weird game like and when you look at footage of it it doesn't right. look that interesting or fun like honestly i the only reason i picked it up was because it was getting a lot of buzz and it was on sale it was it's only like 15 dollars, but it was on sale for like 11 okay. and i was like i can spend 11 dollars to find out what this game is and then i got hooked on it and i played like 25 hours 30 hours of it i think i've kind of oh, stepped wow. away from it now but i played a ton of this game and it is so engaging when you're in the moment. It's almost like you look at it and it, it presents itself almost as like an idle game, like it's playing itself. But when you are the one actively playing it, you're just like, for me anyway, I'm thinking about it nonstop. I'm like, where should this next card go? Because the card is a tile that you're placing down around the board. Okay. And how is that going to influence the loop that my hero's on right now and the next loop that he's going on? And then also, I got some more equipment in my bag because he just defeated some monsters. So should I equip that one? Is it better than what I have going on over here? And then, oh, I got a couple more cards because he killed someone else. It's like, even though from the outside, it looks almost like an idle game from the inside of playing it my mind was going non-stop like i was actively engaged with this game every minute that i was playing it huh so you say that you're not the hero and the hero's doing its thing around here yeah but are you are you trying to get him to succeed or the monsters that you're placing like you what is the end goal here that the that you're trying to get through with the loop so there's two goals one is you are trying to beat whatever boss you're on because there's actually like different levels and each time okay. you beat a boss you unlock the ability to do a loop at the next level so all right um or act or whatever chapter whatever they're divided into i mean each one is slightly harder and it unlocks like new tiles and new abilities and new stuff as you move along right that's one of your goals the other goal is you're trying to build up your camp and so the camp happens between runs so between times that you're doing the loop and you build up your camp by getting resources on the loop and so it's kind of a push your luck game see every time i talk about this game i say it's kind of a x because yeah. it is um it's kind of a push your luck game because what you're trying to do is get enough tiles and enough enemies in front of your hero that your hero defeats them gets the resources and then makes it back around to your camp because if you make it back around to the camp you have the option before you start the next loop around that you can stop and if you stop all of the resources that you've gotten go into your camp and then you can use those between rounds of the game to upgrade your camp and like it, you do the meta narrative oh, part okay um if you are in the middle of a run and you're not in a fight, you can choose to retreat and you can like like run away basically and end your loop, which will also send you back to camp. If you do that, you get 60% of your resources. And if you die and you don't make it through a loop, like if you're pushing your luck and you're like, no, I can take this next enemy. I'm not going to yeah. run away. You And you die, you get 30% of the resources that you've accumulated. Uh, so okay. 
you it's this balancing game where you want it to be challenging enough that you're getting new gear, you're getting resources, your hero is leveling up because it gains experience and abilities and stuff like that. But you don't want it to be too challenging because if you accidentally kill them while they're on a loop, you only get 30% of your resources instead of 100%. And yeah, so it's 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 a balancing act of a game. So is it on Switch or for PC? It's only on Steam right now. Okay. I wasn't sure about that uh, because one thing that uh, I did over Christmas or maybe it was my birthday is I bought myself an iPad and I've been messing around on it a lot and I got the Apple Pencil and I like it, you know, the low levels of them. I didn't feel like the extra 600 bucks was worth it for somebody like me uh, who's not an artist. And so I've just recently realized through, I think it was yesterday, actually, a discussion on Discord was had people talking about Maybe it was you involved with this, too, um, talking about streaming uh, Steam Link to the to their iPad. Yeah, and it came up I, because of this game. This is why that I, conversation started on Discord. Is it? Yeah. OK, so I missed the beginning of it. I saw okay. people talking about that, and it made me remember that I had forgotten about the app to Steam Link, that I had completely forgotten about being able to do that where i was just used to the box of steam link the 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 actual set top box and so when now that you can set up a ps4 controller on the ipad and they've made it where you can use a lot better controllers with it i'm really tempted to pick this one up uh after hearing you talk about it and try that because there were a couple other steam exclusives that i've thought about but generally the only time i'm in front of my laptop is here at work is here in my office at work even though it's modular and a laptop and i can go wherever i want uh portable not modular um but i can do whatever i want but the ipad i generally just have with me and that could be really fun for a game especially one like this that may not need twitch skills to deal with it doesn't and the reason that it came up in relation to this game is because you can play this game entirely with the mouse you don't actually need a keyboard or other input devices um this is a very simple game to control even though like like i said in my brain i was firing on all cylinders the whole time but the actual interaction with the game it's just mouse clicks like it's not Hmm. complicated to interact with so um i haven't played it on steam link but i know that other people on the network and other people on you know the geek to geek like creators that we're a part of have done it and they say that it works great so i think you should try that that's probably your best bet yeah, that's fantastic. Like I was thinking just just from what you were talking about and I was actually imagining it in my head like I've somehow avoided everything about this game. Like I didn't know what it looked like until I googled it right now when you're talking about it. Like I was thinking it was a 3D game doing this, but looking at it being, you know, the 2D pixel art, that would be about perfect for iPad uh, gaming for just something that I could, you know, touch and go elsewhere and play with later. So I'm really tempted to pick this one up because it might be something that I could play with. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? In in smaller spurts that my attention is actually able to uh, to fo- I can focus my attention on because if it gets into marathon gaming sessions, I just can't do it with video games right now. Yeah, yeah, you could jump in and just like run one loop and then stop for the day. Like it has built in breakpoints, which is kind of nice. 
Yeah, that's exactly the kind of thing I can do. That's why I like the like the 5v5 arena uh, RPGs on my phone is because they have these built-in things I can do and then I'm not beholden to them. Like I would be like an MMO with daily quests, constantly having to go through stuff or the gear grind or anything. I'm, I have things and there's a limit to it, which is really what's working for me right now. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, cool. Well, okay, I'm glad that you could pick my brain a little because I, I knew it would be better once you were here to question right. me. Um, the other two, I think, are pretty quick. So Destruction All-Stars, it's all right. Like, it's okay. Um, it's a good palate cleanser of a game is what I'll say about it. Um, I'm glad that it's free on PSN and mm-hmm. PS Plus or whatever. I don't think it would do well once it becomes like a paid game. I wouldn't be surprised if they just convert it to free to play forever or like always on PSN, kind of like what Rocket League ended up doing. Yeah. Um, but it's it's about smashing cars into other cars and getting points for that. And that can be fun. And then also it's like it's Destruction Derby by way of Overwatch, right? It's okay, like, that's what I was about to ask. I yeah. was like, when I saw the trailer for this one, and I, I snagged this one on PSN uh, when it was the free one, or maybe it still is right now, but I haven't booted it up yet. But when I, I did, I made sure to grab it because the trailer, when they first announced it months ago, it made me think of Destruction Derby on the PS1, and I loved that game. And so this looked kind of like the next jump into that, like Rocket League meets Destruction Derby meets like Team Shooter. Yes. If you like Destruction Derby games in general, I know you enough to know that you'll like this game because it's mostly a Destruction Derby. And then it has a layer of like unique characters and unique vehicles, like by way of Hero Shooter thrown on top of it. But it's it's totally about crashing cars into other cars. Like that's the main point of the game. That, that is exactly what I needed to know. If it was worth me putting the time in, if it, it was what I... If it was what I thought it looked like it was. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a Twisted Metal. It's not like a Mario yeah. Kart. It's, it's not power-ups that you can shoot at other people. It's like cars crashing into other cars. And all of the powers, all the special abilities, all the special vehicles revolve around that thought. So it's very okay. much a Destruction Derby game. Yeah, that sounds exactly what I wanted it to be. That was yeah. actually why I wanted to pick your brain just a little bit about that to see uh, how how close I was on the mark on that one. It sounds like you were pretty close. Um, and then Bowser's Fury is amazing. It is one of my favorite Mario games of all time now. I absolutely love it. I hope that they and- take this and make it into a full Mario game at some point because it's definitely an expansion pack worth of content. It's not a full single player game worth of content. And I want to see what they do if they take this and they like use this model for a full game how is it different from the original super mario 3d world it is i could i love that game and i was kind of i got it on wii u and i love it and uh, super mario 3d land is my favorite mario game i think so i'm really curious on what this one does kind of to to one up that (laughs) one up it see what i did there yeah so it's not (laughs) yes i see what you did um it's not the how do i put it it's not the same style of mario game the similarities and why it was packaged with the other game that it was packaged with is because it has the same verbs and the same power-ups so the controls are exactly the same right normally when you have a new mario game you have like slightly different controls and there's new gimmicks and new power-ups and like new ways of interacting with the world that they find none of that is here 
it's exactly the same interactions and verbs and power-ups and ways of interacting with the world that is in um, Super Mario 3D World, which is, okay. again, why it's bundled with this game. But it is a straight-up, well, not a straight-up single player, because technically you can have a second player, but the second player is like Cappy, right? Mm. It's not like a second player like you would have in 3D World. Um this is very much a single player like open world mario game and it splits the difference between uh, what's a good example it's almost like halfway between mario 64 type of levels and um mario odyssey levels whereas like Hmm. odyssey you know how fast you get the the moons in that game Uh it's like non-stop all the time and they're like bite-sized chunks in a way that it's almost not satisfying because it happens too often and then like mario 64 it's an open world mario game but you can tell that like when you're entering an area you're there to do one specific thing even though it's an open world but if you complete that thing you get a star right yep it has specific tasks kind of sectioned off for you to do even though you can go to any of them at any time even if you have picked one so Yeah. yeah so split the difference between those two games and you end up with bowser's fury um it's a whole open world you never have to like go into a painting or go to a different section of the world you can always wander everywhere so it never like sends you back to a hub or anything Hmm. um you're just out there in the world but when you come on a series of islands like when you enter it will give you prompts to kind of show you the next couple things that you can earn there and so they're called cat shines they're not stars or shines in this (laughs) one yeah cat shines um and so each set of islands has like five of them and you can tell, like, if you wander away from an island and then wander back, it'll kind of prompt you with the new one. And the other thing that happens is they change the island up slightly. So if you go away and you come back, it might have a new power up there, or it might have a new boss there, or it might have, like, a new challenge there that just didn't exist before. But when you weren't looking, when you were somewhere else on the map, it's there now. Um, so it's it's open world, but they also manage to have, like, self-contained bite-sized, like, almost levels without actually technically being levels it's really cool i really like the structure of it yeah and i've avoided until i was able to talk to you somehow i have managed this over uh the the break here of not diving in too deep on any of the new games that i wanted to talk to you about so that i could go in like i usually do and uh have be unbiased and, and really hear about it and it was this is one of them where i'd seen the screenshots at about and heard people absolutely going nuts on how great it was, but I didn't know any specifics other than that there were cat shines. It was fairly open world, and there's a kitty cat suit, which the cat suit is one of my favorite Mario power-ups. Like, it's great. Yeah, no, this one is all about cat power-ups and stuff, too, so it's good in that respect. Um, Yeah. Sweet. Okay, that's probably the main topic. Uh, Don't forget, guys, we're part of a network. We have podcasts, we have streamers, we have the Geekery blog, all that and more at geek2geekmedia.com or go to geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe and you can support the digital magazine, Press Start, where I never know what the latest is, but you always do. What's going on with that? Well, as of maybe two days from this Two days from this recording and maybe a week or two behind us, uh, for those of you listening, uh, we will be changing the name of Press Start and working on it. Uh, We're moving away from just video game content. We're moving into more of a general geek stuff. We're going to call it geek to geek Magazine. We're just kind of going to refer to it as our Patreon magazine. We're going to uh, have what we're we're going to be kind of pushing it as geek to geek Plus content, where we may have audio content from the blog, uh, audio content 
love content on the blog, uh, typical stuff from the magazine. It's not going to change. Just have more additional stuff. Uh, but it's at patreon.com slash geek to geek cast. And it's, it's really, really awesome. Um, and while it hasn't happened in a couple of weeks, we still have the uh, Steam uh, game night. Or maybe it's not even Steam game night now. They were doing Mario Kart recently. Uh, we have the group game night on Discord uh, where people get together and uh, play and uh, so, yeah, we also have a new member on the network of Kells uh, with the mating habits of the modern geek. Um, it is an adult show, uh, so don't listen to it with your kiddos around. Uh, but she puts out great content and welcome her to the network. And she's also part of the As the Dice Roll uh, actual play podcast, uh, the GURPS campaign in it. So uh, check that out, too. That's awesome. Welcome to the network. Uh, with that, it's probably time for our weekly geekery, where we share what we've been geeking out about this week. I know you've covered most things from when you were gone, but is there anything else you want to hit on? The main thing I want to hit on on this is kind of a retraction, uh, <laughs> sort of a retraction, <laughs> sort of a uh, I finally get it kind of thing. Um, over the past couple of months, I've actually kind of become crazy about Critical Role. Um, I know that the last time I was on here, uh, before we actually took the hiatus, I was talking about how I just didn't get it, right? I watched a few episodes, and I didn't get it. Like, I didn't understand why people liked it so much. But I kept going because I like it was teaching me how to play D&D again. It was kind of teaching me how to DM. And yes, I know there's a big controversy about all of this. Those of you listening to this and cringing, uh, talk, thinking about the Mercer effect, don't worry, I'm aware of it. And, and you know I pick things apart too much for that just fall into that um if you're not aware of that google the mercer effect if you're interested in tabletop stuff it's crazy um but i figured out why people like it and i figured out why i like it and it made me cry void it made me cry okay so it resonated with you that's good it did. It re- what really got me was I started listening to it because I like the way that Matt DMs, um, and it's really fun. And I it took a long time to really get the characters and how they were doing things because it's so different from something like the Adventure Zone that is so produced and edited into this one specific thing. But this has become kind of a nightly thing for me to lie on the bed on my iPad and watch Critical Role while Jennifer does yoga or uh, takes a bath or something where it's uh, I've stayed up way later than I should have over the last couple of weeks here uh, watching because I get to a point in the story where I stay up until like one o'clock in the in, at night because I want to finish this stupid four hour episode of this that I'll watch in real time because YouTube doesn't let me speed it up all the time. Like, uh, so I am on episode like 31 right now. I'm still like a hundred episodes behind uh, the current where they are currently because there's so many of them, but it's, I get it. I like the characters. I, I, it made me cry. Uh, and it's, uh, it's something that I legitimately understand now. So, um, so yeah, I get why I didn't like it. I get why other people don't like it. And I get why it's kind of controversial in the tabletop community, uh, because of the way that it works and expectations that people put on themselves, their DMS and players. But it's a good show because it's about a bunch of nerdy voice actors who actually, you know, are good at improv and can make a show. It's it's really interesting. Good. I'm glad you like it. I keep trying it every couple of years and it hasn't stuck yet, but maybe one of these times I'm not ruling it out. What got me is I started listening to it from se- from episode one of season two. 
and I got about four episodes in, which is eh, 16 hours. And I was like, okay, I see why people like this, but it's, I don't think it's my thing. And I'd read online to wait until you get to about episode 10 or 11. And that's really when it gels. And I was like, that's a lot of hours, but I decided to. And by that point, it, it I grokked it. I, I it had clicked on what it was doing and how it did it. And I was like, okay, this is something I actually like, uh, but it does take a huge time investment to if you're coming from the adventure zone and stuff like that, or you're not like immediately honed in on this particular show that it's very hard to get into. It has a high barrier of entry, uh, but it turns out like, I actually think it's worth it because I plan on watching it until it is uh, I'm caught up on it. And then I'm sure I will start season one again, which is also hundreds of episodes. (laughs) So I am a crazy person. Well, I'm glad you like it. I, it feels like you got to critical role in a similar way to that. I got to friends at the table where it took a couple times and it took some investment, but once it clicked, you understood what type of tabletop game that they're playing. And then you were able to like get into it. And I'd talked to you about that. I can't remember if it was actually on here or if we were uh, texting or tweeting or what, but, um, I, the reason I haven't started friends at the table is because I got into critical role. Like I haven't finished any more of the adventure zone after I finished the balance arc because I started listening to this and watching this and I'm like, there's so much content here that I want to get through. I don't want to spread myself and not be able to get through it, uh, which is the only reason I haven't started in on friends at the table. Like you had told me about. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Um, for me, what am I going to pick here? I have like just a running list of geekery because I didn't know when you'd be back. Oh, okay, I got <laughs> it. Uh, so I tried Magic the Gathering Legends this last week, um, and I wanted to report back on it really quick because I don't think I'm going to continue playing it. So now is a good time while it's fresh in my mind. Um, it feels like a Diablo game by way of Magic the Gathering. There's five main character classes, one for each color of magic, and you get spells so you can like build a deck of 12 spells and they get put on a random rotation so it's like shuffling and drawing cards from a deck so you have three abilities that are always on your character that you can just use whenever they recharge and then you have four so the face buttons on a controller essentially four abilities that are pulled from your deck that randomly show up so you can't just like plan a rotation like you would in a diablo um you actually have to like pay attention to what abilities are coming into your bar that you can like use which is an interesting idea like i really like the idea of this game um and you can do other stuff like you can customize that deck later and you can mix color like other colors of mana in you can have like a two color deck um later on the you know there's basic things in here like you it has controller support even though the beta that just came out is only on pc they call it a beta Mm. but it's a it's an open beta you can go you can pay money for it so this game is basically launched but it's one of those and all of that to say i love the ideas here but it feels really half-baked And I see why they listed it as an open beta because it shows. It feels like it. Um, There's a lot of performance issues. There's a bunch of bugs. And some of it is just like it just chugs, you know, like it is not optimized. Um, And there's just not a great flow to the game. Um, I can see all these parts, right? I feel like I just sold it better than it can sell itself with all these different (laughs) parts (laughs) because I'm talking about it in the way that I want this game to be good because all those parts are so cool and I can see what they're going for. But when I'm actually playing the game, they just don't quite come together as well as they could. Like the game feels like it just hasn't gelled yet. Does that make sense? 
It does. It, it it you actually talking about this game like that reminds me that I also watched the Snyder cut of Justice League. Um because you're describing it like I kind of think of the Snyder cut of Justice League. Oh, okay. It has it's kind of half baked, but it has these really good ideas where I like it, but they need a little bit more polishing on it. Yeah, and that's how I feel about Magic the Gathering Legends. So, I'm going to set this game down And I am super, super interested to see where it lands six to 12 months from now. Um, I think it will get my attention whenever they call it like launched. Whenever they say this Mm. is 1.0, it's officially launched. I will boot this client back up and I will try it again. So I'm just going to leave my characters wherever they are right now and step away from the game for half a year or a year. But I will come back and I will give it another shot once they've had some more time to kind of like work out the kinks and just make the whole game gel better. And yeah, I could see that I did. And this one is one that you said you can spend money on, but you don't have to. Yes, exactly. It's just a free to play. I don't even know, like the something about the monetization just doesn't make sense either. It's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, where did they come up with these prices and these offers? Um, Like there's only one thing in the shop that looked like it would be worthwhile. And it's like a completely different character class. And it's like, okay, why wouldn't you just make that character class available for everybody if it's actually a class that you're supposed to start the game with? Because if you're already hooked, then you would have to buy it and then go back and restart the game with a new character. And everything else is cosmetics that like you don't care about or I don't know. It's just, you know, it, it feels like the game's just not there yet. And maybe it will be soon. Yeah, it might be. That's the thing is I can tell the ideas are good. I can tell some of the core concepts are there. It just needs more time. So that's that's where I landed with it. Um, The other one that I wanted to hit this week really quick is 13 Sentinels. So I talked about this one at length last week for people who listened, unlike you. But um, (laughs) it I love this game. And so I have to bring it up again because I talked about it last week and I said, it's really interesting. It has its hooks in me. I don't know if I'm going to keep playing it. And then I took Thursday, Friday off at the end of last week because I had some PTO I had to use. Otherwise, I was going to lose it. And I took Thursday, Friday off. I bought Monster Hunter Rise. I downloaded it to my Switch. I was about to boot it up. And then I played 13 Sentinels for three days straight instead. Like, wow, I don't know what happened, but I lost three days of time to this game in the best way possible. I absolutely love it. And if you had to ask me right now, 13 Sentinels and Mario Bowser's Fury, those are like my two games that are battling for game of the year at the moment. Wow, that's that that's crazy. Like I hadn't yeah. even heard you mention 13 Sentinels until you had messaged me about it. I went that, from like, this that, game is interesting to I absolutely love this game and I can't put it down. And it's just and it's a platinum for you. So that one, plat- that one's you, enough. You beat me to it. I was going to say I platinumed this game. I not only beat it, I went back and I platinumed it afterwards. Which is one of those things that that, that there are certain things that you say about games that that are kind of like the highest praise that you can get. And for you to stick with a game long enough to platinum it yes. means a lot, <laughs> means that there is something to this game that's more than just, oh, it's a good game. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Hmm. I really like it. So the story ultimately sucked me in. And then the the gameplay sections in between where you can be a giant robot fighting kaiju. I guess I don't even know if you know the premise of the game, but not really. No, it's divided into different 
like you can go back and forth they're not actually as related as they should be but it's fine because it just kind of works for this game there's a whole dis- section called destruction and there's a whole section called remembrance and at any mm. time you can go out of one and into the other and remembrance is all the story and then destruction is all the gameplay <laughs> so um there are points where it gates you and it says like you can't go farther in this character's story until you've hit this many levels of the game um and there's other things like that where you know you play the gameplay and it goes you can't unlock the next wave until you finish this character's story to a certain level and with 13 protagonists they have enough gates in there to like catch you at different points yeah and um I, I liked that by the end of it too like the gameplay you know it was a nice palate cleanser in between story beats the thing is I played this game, and like I said, I wasn't super far last week, and now I've beaten it and platinumed it. This game has all of the sci-fi things, like all of them, every trope that I can think of, right? And I started being like, well, it has a lot. Does it really have all? And I think it might have all. So I just started listing it out, and this is in like the last, I don't know, three hours of play. I finally said, okay, what can I remember off the top of my head? Because I should write this down to tell BJ about it later. This is not everything because this is probably like a 30 hour game and this is my memory at the end of it which i forgot some things from early on but what i remember 13 sentinels aegis rim it has clones it has androids has memory replacement nanobots time travel interlinked time periods alternate timelines space colonies has uh end of the world apocalypse stuff kaiju it has giant robots there's ai teleporters phasers there's implants uh matrix like liminal spaces shady organizations men in black aliens there's a talking cat and everything in here adds up to more than you think that it does and it somehow and it sounds it like works. it would be a hot mess yeah it should be it kind of is <laughs> but it's great i don't know i don't know i just love it and the the story parts of this one are kind of visual novel style aren't they or am i getting that completely wrong no yes also no it's it's the most visual novel non-visual novel game that i've played like mm. Uh, it you have direct control of your character, which is something that okay. I just like never think of when you see visual novels. I, in visual novels, I always think it's like click, 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 and you just read. Um, right. In this, you have direct control of your character, and because you have these branching timelines and branching paths and stuff, you actually can like walk away from conversations, or you get to points in um, in your exploration where you can branch off to different paths too Uh, Um, and then you can come back and like redo certain things but go on down a different path to unlock more of the story um and then also it has this whole idea of a thought cloud so it's almost like keywords from final fantasy 2 where you're like talking to people and it'll spark an idea for your character and so they'll hold on to that as a keyword and you can like use those keywords and apply them to different people in conversations to get like more information or get the next step And then you can also just like step away from a conversation, pull up your thought cloud and like think about one of the things and your character will give you like an update on what they're thinking about it. So Hmm. it's not a visual novel, but it has a lot of visual novel DNA in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking about it. Like the few screenshots I've seen of it and heard people talking about it and the people who I've heard talking about it, it kind of reminded me of a of a visual novel and at least it it's the the skeleton of it. The, yeah. And I've bounced off every visual novel I've ever played and 
I absolutely did not do that with this game. So and then platinum this one. And then so. I platinumed it. Yeah. So thirteen sentinels. I guess I highly recommend it. <laughs> uh okay that's probably it for this week we should let you go rest your jaw um I if i have the outro here i'm stalling for time you can write to us with comments suggestions or feedback all that's staying in the podcast our email address is geek to geekcast at gmail.com <laughs> or reach us on twitter at geek to geekcast we also have some great discussions on slack and discord you can go to geek to geekmedia.com for invite links and while you're there make sure to check out all the other content on the network like blogs video game reviews and our digital magazine on patreon I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast, where we watch and react to a different Disney movie every week. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach. That's Beach with two E's. And I also co-host the Dragon Quest FM podcast, a show about the Square Enix RPG series. We've been Void and Beach with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. I'm back. Now I'm saying goodbye. Goodbye. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu.